How you doing, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Views from the Arch. And I, as always, am your lovely host, Delvon. Today, we're talking about Rochester, New York, Daniel Prude, and what's kind of going on there right now. All right, everybody. Like I said, today we're talking about Rochester, New York, Daniel Prude, and what's going on there. So, man, you know, originally this is one I wasn't even really going to touch. You know, I was kind of like, A, it's past, you know, like it happened in March. I wasn't going to touch it. It wasn't It wasn't going to meet my level of current that I would like to have tried to stay in. But, you know, a couple people uh, approached me both online and, you know, you know, you know, offline, a person like they're like, hey, man, you should cover it. You know, you should cover it. Talk about, you know, just talk about it. So I think the way I'm going to break this down is I'm going to go ahead and talk about what happened. Right. And then I'm going to kind of talk about the fallout. All right. And then, you know, because I know recently there's been some new protests. And there's been, you know, I, I know Rochester's kind of going through it right now, citizens there and stuff. And, uh, you know, so, I, I mean, in one way, it meets my level of current events. But, on the, you know, on a certain level, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, well, why? Why? But, you know, some, you know, but, but yeah, so that's what we're talking about today. And I know that I said I wasn't going to get into this, I think, in a previous episode. But enough people were like, A.D., Hey, man, I, I want to hear about it. So I'm like, cool, we can hear about it. So to start off, and this does come from, and everything, you know, uh, I'm using the BBC uh, news organization today, and I'll also be using um, the uh, the Daily Wire, which uh, I know some of y'all don't like the Daily Wire, so forgive me for, uh, so forgive me for that. Um, I do think that they're a good news source, uh, no matter, you know, the level of bias or not, I, but, you know, I, I like their news source. Um so today we're starting off though with the BBC, right? So, what do we know about the uh, the Daniel Prude incident? You know, basically we know this is from the BBC. Mr. Prude, was I saying Prude with an I? That's not right. I apologize, Prude. I thought I thought it sounded kind of weird. I was like, that doesn't sound right. So according to the BBC, Mr. Prude was 41 years old. It was said to be suffering from acute mental health problems when police were called. Officers found him running naked in the street in light snow and restrained him with a spit hood, which is designed to protect police from the Taney's saliva. That is a snapshot of what happened. So, Mr. Prude that day actually had two instances with EMS and police. The first one was because his brother, uh, who I believe his name is Joe, Joe called and said, hey, my brother's acting, you know, acting erratic. He's not acting himself. Uh, I think he's on PCP. Okay. So ambulance came, actually took Mr. Prude to the hospital um, where he was treated. Uh, Mr. Prude actually was taken to Strong Memorial where he was uh, treated for PCP and mental health care. Um, you know, Mr. Prude was let out several hours later, and this is after the doctors determined he he returned from his uh, his high, and that he was returned to what they call baseline, right? So baseline means he's uh, he's nor he's your normal functioning. You know, you can answer the questions like, uh, "What city are you in? 
who's the president? What's your name? You're in your behavior is acting reasonable, right? You're not being unreasonable, rolling around in the middle of the street, screaming, you know, hysterically for no reason. You know, you're acting reasonable, you're baseline, right? You're what you're normal. So according to New York state law, if an adult is baseline, if they're brought in for our, for uh, mental health and or drug related issues, they are allowed to refuse further uh, medical treatment. Uh, so that's what happening. Uh, Mr. Prude refused medical treat, refused further medical treatment, left the hospital. Um, I'm not too for sure if it was a, if the high came back, if he took something else, you know, wasn't ever really covered in, in any kind of the news articles that I was looking at. But I guess his brother called again and Mr. Prude was either suffering from, like it says in the article, an acute mental health problem or uh, he was high again. Um when his brother called, he reported his brother that Mr. Prude was jumping. So Prude's brother, Joe, I'm back up. He called again and reported that, hey, you know, my brother's jumping headfirst downstairs. He's not acting like himself. He's taking off his clothes. Um, you know, I, I'm going to need the police over here to kind of help us out. So the police did respond and they did encounter uh, Mr. Prude. Because of his behavior, you know, according to the body cam footage, which I did end up watching, uh, Mr. Prude was in the middle of the street, absolutely naked with zero clothes on, snowing on the ground, rolling around. Uh, then because of his behavior, the police, they did end up uh, handcuffing him and they did. Um, and they I mean, I don't you know, I don't agree with this. They kind of left him in the middle of the street, butt naked in the snow uh you know i bet that's a conversation that i'm gonna get into later so moving forward we're going to go also by the way in these other articles i was never able to actually find out what the mental health issue was i believe that one article said that he might that uh he might have been diagnosed with um some type of bipolar or schizophrenia however we take that with a grain of salt because due to new york's new due to new york's uh laws no news organization could actually confirm with a doctor if that's true or not that's you know word of mouth on ground journalism i take that with a grain of salt you know no doctor co-signed that so we're going to take that with a grain of salt right but what we do know is that mr prude was not on any type of traditional medications for any of his mental health issues he was self-medicating so we continue how did mr prude die this is per BBC. This is per the BBC article. Police body camera video obtained by the family shows Mr. Prude lying on the ground as officers restrain him. Mr. Prude, who is not carrying a weapon, can be seen complying with officers immediately. This is true. I mean, he was, you know, passively resisting, but nothing too severe. You know, I mean, he's kind of flailing around, and he's like, "What's going on?" I mean. Typical, you know, what you would see in an individual who might be too, uh, might be ODing or might be high, they're out of it. We go on. While sitting on the road, he became agitated. Ultimately, Alton started asking for money or a gun and spitting on the ground. An officer said Mr. Prude told them he has COVID nineteen, and they placed a spit hit and they placed a spit hood on him. Now these spit hoods, I've heard some people be like, why would they put a whole hood on him? It's not like a very thick fabric uh, for anybody who hasn't, um, is not either in law enforcement or hasn't kind of encountered that. 
it's actually incredibly thin and it has holes. Um, it's webbed, if you, I guess you would call it. Uh, and it's designed, tested, and meant to be so you can breathe out of it. So if you tied this to you, you can breathe out of it. Um, if you're in it for long periods of time, you can breathe out of it. So I guess to my understanding, due to the co- due to him saying he had COVID, um, he was placed in the spit hood. Uh, I don't know exactly how much time. The body cam video that I saw was only a total of about three minutes, and that's kind of per the norm I was seeing. I didn't really get a full how long were we there to how long until EMS showed up. Um, all I know is they ended up putting him in the spit hood. One officer can be seen pressing down on Mr. Hood's head with both hands, saying, stop spitting. Mr. Prude stops moving and goes quiet. And officers note he feels cold. Well, feeling cold is probably going to be an obvious because he's naked in the middle of the snow. There's slush and water on the ground. My guess is he won't feel very warm. Uh, so reading that, I'm not too impressed with your observation skills. Uh, you know, somebody probably should have put some clothes on that man. But because, you know, hypothermia is a thing. I mean, how long can you really how long can you really roll around in at least lower than 32 degrees in temperature because it's snowing while you're rolling around in water and you've already been outside prior to PD arrival for who knows how long. So him being cold isn't exactly uh, something I'm impressed with. Him not moving, that's a sign. So EMS arrives after Mr. Prude. You know, if you're, you know, EMS is already on the way because of, the, because of his uh, intoxication. But Mr. Prude was uh, then transported to the hospital, which is, I think I, I, think I covered a strong memorial. Um, you heard the ambulance here. His family agreed to have him taken off life support a week later, March 30th, where he died. The Monroe County Medical Examiner ruled Mr. Prude's death a homicide caused by complications of asphyxia and sitting of physical restraint or in the setting of physical restraint. According to the post-mortem examination, autopsy report also cited as an additional site uh, that he also expired from excited delirium and acute intoxication by, uh, by the drug PCP. That is a contributing factor. So I don't know, you know, I'm not just going to get into this in the, ne- in our, in the next segment. Um, <laughs> so this is going to be a two-part so, you know, that's kind of just what, that's kind of it in the box, you know, in the nutshell of what happened. Um, I'm not too fond of this. I'm not too fond of this, right? Uh, I'm going to have to go and come out and say it. M- Mr. Prude's case is one I'm not too fond of. And I always say it on Views from the Arch, we're going to keep it 100, like, if I'm with it, I'm with it. If I'm not, I'm not. And uh, I'm not with this one. Um, <laughs> I'm not with it. You know, I wasn't really with George Floyd either. I was honest about Mr. Floyd's shortcomings. I was also honest about the shortcomings of the police officers. I'm not with this one either. Um, you know, regardless of if he's suffering from a drug overdose or erotic, be- or <laughs> not erotic, erratic, <laughs> back up erratic behavior uh, due to his due to what he's took 
Um, anybody who's in law enforcement or is EMS or in the hospital knows, or anybody who's ever experienced this firsthand knows that people who take PCP can become extremely, extremely unpredictable. I mean, it can go, it can go from sugar to to not in in seconds. One moment they're rolling around on the ground, next moment they're superhuman strength and they're fighting, throwing people through walls. You know, obviously. You know, I'm, I'm uh, I, I boasted, I, you know, obviously I prepped up that last part a little bit, but I mean, honestly, if you've ever watched a video of a guy on PCP fighting with somebody or fighting with law enforcement, it is, that don't go well. Those tasers don't work. The batons don't work. The mace don't work. I mean, that is scary stuff to watch. Um, so, but he wasn't doing any of that. You know, he was kind of laying on the ground. He actually was laying on his stomach. You know, they're like, Hey, put your hands behind your back. He did it. They cuffed him. You know, the only thing he started doing, he did start spitting in the video, and I heard him like stop spitting, and they pushed his head down. Probably, you know, and I guess if I'm gonna be fair, because I want to be fair, if I'm gonna be fair, my guess is they did that to maybe try to angle his head down. However, the spit hood should have been the spit hood should have been enough, right? The spit hood should have been enough that. If he's spitting, he's just going to get it on himself. I mean, that, that's what the hood's designed to do. Um, if, you know, if you are fearful of COVID, last thing you want to do is touch him. Like, I don't want to touch him, you know. Now, if he rips the hood off somehow and you need to angle his head, sure. But, you know, it, there's no reason to, to shove the man's face into the concrete. There's water on the ground. Um, you know, watching the body cam video, uh, one of the guys does say, oh, I think he puked. And somebody goes, what do you mean? Look at all that water. It's all watery. So, you know, I think that leads me to believe that he may have overdosed in their presence. And the vomiting, he might have choked on his own vomit. Now, now the ME did rule homicide caused by complications of asphyxia. So, you know, my guess is... So, I mean, it, there's so many things that, you know, none of these things are ever too cut and dry. Now, I already said, I'm not with a lot of their actions. I'm not with leaving him out in the cold like that. You know, we could have got that man some clothes, a blanket from this household, something. I mean, he's on the ground naked. That that concrete's got to be cold. It's got to be. You know what I mean? And it's... It's just very odd. It's very, very odd. Um, and it's very odd because something I noted is people who are on drugs with the police seem to expire. And that's just something I'm, I'm just going to be up front. I'm going to be up front and be fair. A lot of these things, people are on drugs. Mr. Prude, George Floyd. There are others I had in mind, but they're escaping me. They're always on drugs. And the words excited delirium always pop up. And for those of you who don't know excited what excited delirium is, you know what? I will actually just go ahead and do this. What is? Cause I don't I don't wanna I'm just gonna give you guys the, the, the definition online. So excited delirium, also known as agitated delirium, is a controversial syndrome described as a combination of of psychomonitor agitation delirium and sweating. It may include attempts at violence, unexpected strength, and high blood pressure temperature. Complications may include 
um, basically the, uh, the, I know this word, <laughs> it basically includes high blood pressure. Um, you know, and then here's another one. Can you die from excited delirium? In approximately 10% of cases, according to the literature, the person with excited delirium may die suddenly. Um, the heart or breathing simply stops. And that is per slate.com at news and politics. And the the first definition that I read you was from uh, NCBI NLMNIH.gov. That was an article. So, you know, basically it's a, it's a come down, right? So you, you start to, your blood pressure spikes, everything increases, your heart rates off the wall, and then you start coming down and down and down until the heart stops. Now, the problem with people being on their chest is inside delirium, your breathing is really heavy, right? You're breathing just really, really heavy. And eventually the muscles of your chest, I mean, believe it or not, they will expire. They're just like any other muscle. It takes muscle to breathe in and out when there's weight applied to you, right? That's why if you're on, laying on your stomach and somebody who's a lot heavier than lays on top of you, you're going to experience the, the feeling of, I can't breathe, right? This person's quote unquote crushing me. Basically, the body crushes itself. So, you know, and, and excited delirium, and I have to be fair, it's also something that is it's not as widespread accepted in the medical field as it needs to be. Um, I've talked to people who say that's not a thing. I've talked to people who say it is a thing. One thing we know for sure is that people are dying from this. Um, And I don't think law enforcement is being trained effectively in what this is. I think that there needs to be additional training. Law enforcement needs to be trained heavily in excited delirium. Um, You know, then you'd be trained more heavily in how to deal with mental health. Cause you're going to send police on these calls, right? Cause I understand why they go. Um, if you're going to send police on these calls, you need to have more training for um, medical, right? I know in most places, like most major cities, your police force is usually an EMR, which is right below an EMT. So I, you know, I know for where I work, I'm technically an EMR as well. However, I'm not an EMT cert. I don't have an EMT certification, but I have an EMR. So I know a little bit. I know enough to keep you alive, right? It's kind of like teach them enough to keep them alive until EMS arrives, which is fine, but you need to have additional trainings. You need to have that that follow-up training, right? We can't just we can't just throw people out to the wolves and be like, hey, too bad. <laughs> you know, go out there and figure it out. You know, that's not how this works. Um, so, you know, by and large, I think that the issue is that there's not enough training in this. And I think that there's not enough being done to address the issue of mental health and drugs when it comes to our police force. Now, we're going to take a small break and hear from our sponsor. And then we're going to go and get into some other things such as the riots, the stepping down the police. Uh, chiefs and his and his men and kind of what's going on there. Hello, everybody. I know you know me, but I'm going to tell you again. I'm your phenomenal host, Delvon. Let's talk about somebody. Let's talk about Anchor. Listen, I use Anchor for Views from the Arch. I've had a previous podcast. 
I used Anchor on that podcast. I think Anchor is a phenomenal website to use if you're a starting podcaster and you want to get your voice out there. They will help you. They will push your podcast out to places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I think if you're an individual and want to start a podcast, please consider using Anchor. Anchor is a great website. Simple, easy, and quick to use. So, with the unrest in Rochester, there's been a whole bunch of stuff happening. Um, Most recently, the police chief for the Rochester Police Department and his command stepped down. Um, His entire command staff left with him, which ultimately left the department in complete disarray. And may I add, that is a all-black police command, um, which was a shame to see happen. Uh, this is this is also from the BBC per Chief Singletary. I think I'm saying that right. Singletary, S I N G L E T A R Y. Singletary, yeah. Said in his statement on Tuesday, as a man of integrity, I will not idly I will not sit idly by while outsiders, while outside entities attempt to destroy my character. The main character, the main characterization in the politicization of the actions that I took after being informed of Mr. Prude's death is not based on facts and it is not what I stand for. And I, that all comes kind of after, you know, and that all really comes after there are a lot of claims being floated, uh, floating around that uh, chief Singletary and the deputy chief, Joseph, I think it's Joseph Morbido were possibly trying to cover up the death of Mr. Prude or, you know, save those officers in a way um, that would be unethical. And I believe that that is why the chief stepped down Um, because he wasn't, he didn't want his reputation smeared. Uh, I know he had, you know, 30 plus years in service, you know, by the accusations and, you know, uh, Morbido, you know, Deputy Chief Morbido, he was on the force for 34 years, and he he also added, you know, hey, I'll be retiring. And apparently the entire command staff just left. Um, there is really n- no one else. Uh, they're kind of struggling to put that all back together, um, you know. And it's just really sad to see, especially you see an all-black police chain leave because, you know, you, we push for more minorities in our departments. And then... Ultimately, it's a lot of minority officers in positions like this leaving. Um, chiefs, lieutenants, you know, high-ranking officers who are leaving, you know, amidst this protest and amidst uh, the riots and amidst um, what's going on. And I think that's very, uh, that's going to be very detrimental. You know, you don't want that. You know, when you're trying to diversify, you don't want minority officers leaving. That goes for any rank of officer, right? So to add... Um, the mayor, um, Mayor Lovely, Mayor Lovely Warren, stated that she did not ask for the police chief's resignation or the resignation of anybody in his chain of command. Um, she said, she stated he did not in any way try to cover up the death of Mr. Prude. So, I don't believe that he would try to cover up the death of Mr. Prude. Um, you know, I don't think that there's anything in it for him to do that, you know, especially when you're talking about losing your freedom, 
uh, and especially when you have that many years in service. I don't think that that's something he'd be doing. Now, I don't also like the fact that he left. Um, you know, listen, you know, tough times, tough people. You know what I mean? You know, when the go- who cares what they say about you? You know, who cares what they're saying about you? You know, I, I get you don't like it, but ultimately who cares, right? You know you didn't do that. We know you didn't do that. Other people know you didn't do that. The mayor knows you didn't do that. Your command knows you didn't do that. So who cares? They're throwing around wild accusations because they want you to step down. So why give it to them? Let them insult your character. You know, let them insult your character. But they want you to step down. That's why they're doing it. They want you to step down. And for me, it's why step down? You're just gonna you're just showing them that they can push over these institutions. And by they, I do mean, you know, anybody who's asking for the resignation of the chief. Um because I believe that the two institutions in America that should never, you know, be influenced by politics are your police department and your military. I think the police department should act in accordance with the law. If the law is broken or if the law is wrong, then the people need to change that. The people should change it. I don't think that the police department should do all this blase blah nonsense to show their solidarity, to show that, you know, whatever. No, just follow the law and the Constitution. If something's unconstitutional or unlawful, it should be brought to the courts. And the courts need to start getting busy on deciding what is and was not okay. Right? So let's move on to the next let's move on to the next section. This is this comes from us from the Daily Wire uh, Daily Wire. Rochester officers cover names after protesters shout their their addresses, kids' names, and make taunting calls to their parents. So, in short, this is doxing. The Daily Wire writes, Rochester Police Department, RPD, officers have been given permission, they were given permission to cover up their name dis- their name uh, displayed on their tags to avoid harassment. This says left-wing protesters. I'm just going to say protesters, but I don't want to take away from the article. So it says left-wing protesters, I'm going to say just protesters, who are screaming at their, uh, who are screaming their home addresses, kids' names, and schools, and making taunting calls to their parents in front of them. They are also spreading personal information about the officers on social media. They write, the past couple of months, officers' names have been researched by protesters to put personal information out to the public, putting the safety of the officers of their family in jeopardy, uh, said a statement from RPD, Chief Laron Sing, uh, Sing, I just had this dude's name down. Singletary. <laughs> this is prior to his resignation. He gave this announcement prior to his resignation. Um, officers have been allowed. He he continues in a statement. Officers have been allowed to remove their name tags in efforts to prevent their personal information from being spread on social media. Later, a local radio show host and journalist Bob. Uh, Lounsbury posted via Twitter on uh, via Twitter this past Thursday. Peaceful protesters have stood outside of RPD public safety building um, and read and read off. That was kind of he wrote this a little weird and read off officers' names on their uniforms, tracked him down on their phone, and called his parents and taunted them, or held up the phone to the officer to show to show him his home address so and threaten him to come over there afterwards. So basically they're using their phones and sh- showing them, hey, 
I know where you live. I know your kids. I know your wife. I know your mom. I know where they go to school. We're coming for you. Statement continues. Oh, no, it ends. So Singletary in his uh, statement read by the city council chief of staff, uh, Robert Scantlin, during the briefing of the Democratic mayor, Lovely Warren, and the city councilman and city councilman members on Wednesday, the police chief did not attend the meeting in person. So that was a statement that he wrote in uh, after he gave his directive. So I have several really big problems with this. Um, I believe that I've always been a big believer of if you're doing the right thing, you don't need to wear a mask. If you're doing the right thing, you don't need to cover up your name. You know, if you're doing the right thing, you don't need to fear reprisal. Uh, you know, you don't need to fear repercussions, right? It And my whole thing is this. It's very odd, the, the day and age of technology. You know, uh, if, 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 if an individual is doing the right thing, then there's no need to give them a consequence. So, you know, I, I say this in the name of the police. If, if they're just standing there on the right line, probably doing as ordered, and they're just kind of mind their business or looking at you, they're not communicating back with you, what is the point of doxing them? What is the point of doxing them? I don't believe that people deserve to be doxed. I think that doxing someone should be a crime, right? And they're and they think the protesters are using this, you know, as kind of a draconian threat. You know, it's it's draconian. You know, you're you're threatening these people's families. You know, I don't think that doxing is okay. I don't believe that doxing is acceptable. I think it should actually be illegal um, to do that. You know, I would go as far as say it, it absolutely should be illegal to dox somebody. I think it's wrong. Um, you know, and back to my original point was, we're, we're, I think we're going to move into an era where we're going to start seeing police officers without badge numbers, without nameplates, wearing masks, because they don't want people to know who they are. Because, you know, people do find out where these police officers live and burglarize their homes pop the tires on their cars, knock out their windows, harass their children, their wives while they're gone, spray paint their garages. These are things that aren't okay. You know, you can't target these men and women who are just working. It's not right. You know, they didn't cause the flo- cause the death of Mr. Prude. They didn't cause the death of Mr. Floyd, right? These are other men and women who are simply saying, hey, I'm told to stand here silently. And if I have to move you back, then please move back. Right. Right. I mean, really, it, it should be more civil than it is. I think that with doxing, with putting their personal information online, you start to really move into an era of. I mean, it's just it's just very inappropriate to me. Which was bringing it a little more close to home, Lyda Cruson, St. Louis, Missouri mayor, or the mayor of St. Louis City in St. Louis, in uh, Missouri. You know, a lot of people, and it got national attention, 
she docks the protesters here. And that's what started the, uh, I think it's Occupy City Hall protest, where they want her to resign. She docks the protesters. She put their, she openly online put their first, last names and their addresses. Sometimes they're, and I think some of them had their phone numbers on there. And they were very upset. The protesters were very upset. The people were very upset. And her, her administration and the police were very unapologetic in, in the city. Um, and a lot of people that I knew online and I saw in chat in the groups and I saw in, uh, on these articles or comments were very unapologetic as well. They would say, you know, hey, um, why do you care if, they, if she doxed you? It, you know, you dox, you dox him, him, and him. You know, you dox that officer, that officer, that officer. Do you not think that they felt that pit in their stomach too? Do you not think that they were scared? Do you not think that they were nervous, anxious? Do you don't think that their heart sank and their stomach dropped out when they realized that this mob of people have their address, their children's names, where they go to school, where their wives work, right? Where their husbands are, right? So it, the response was very unapologetic. It was, well, if you're going to do it to them, we're going to do it to you. If you don't like it, then don't do it to other people, right? Which is the thing that really bothered me is I think we're moving to an era where the police officers aren't people. They're not seen as people, right? They're property. That, that's how the, the, that's kind of, I think you, you would dock somebody that you think of less of than a person because their safety is so unimportant to you that they can't be a human being, right? You don't care what happens to that person. Their house gets burned down. Their car gets stolen. Their children or wife gets assaulted, right? You don't care, right? You don't care, but you care what happens to you. So, you know, the, the whole doxing thing and being able to go on the internet, find all this information and post it is out of control. To me, it's out of control. You know, it's, for me, there's never a time when, you know, I would say, yeah, dox that guy. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. We, we should dox that fella. Now I wouldn't. I, there's not a time frame when I would say that, right? Um, there's, it's it, people have an expectation of privacy, whether you like what they're doing or not. Um, and it's a shame that police officers can't wear very proudly their badge numbers, their name plates, um, but that uniform can't be complete. For you, the citizen, right? For us, the citizens. What if I need to make a complaint? Well, who are you? What's your badge number, man? Where do you work at, man? What do you even look like? We move to an era where police start wearing helmets or masks to protect them. Well, what do you even look like? We have to have a point where enough is enough. It has to be wrong on both sides. And I've always been a very big preacher of this. If it's wrong, if it's wrong for a mayor to dox protesters, then it's wrong for protesters to dox the police. It has to be fair. Because if it's not fair, no one cares, right? I mean, if we're going to be real, if it's not fair, man, then no one's going to listen to you. And ultimately, that's what I'm starting to fear is that BLM, you know, all these groups, they're losing steam because people think they're not being fair. People think that they're not being genuine. They're not being intellectually honest. And for me... For me, this election has to really be decided by who's going to address what's going on. And I think I said this during the Kyle Rittner, the Rittenhouse. I'm a single-minded voter right now. I care about what's going on with 
the lawlessness in America. I think there's a lot of lawlessness and I think that there's a lot of divide. So for me, that's going to be coming what this election's about, but I'm not going to talk about that. So that's another episode, another day. So ultimately with Mr. Prude's death, you know, there's some things I'm not really comfortable with. Um, you know, why was he held face down? Why are we naked on the ground for so long in the middle of the snow? Why is it that, you know, what, you know, how is the spit hood applied? Was it tied around his neck? You know, because ultimately we don't know that, you know, the ME ruled in homicide by asphyxia. It's also excited delirium. So I don't really know how this is going to play out, but I do know one thing. I'm not a fan of doxing. Um, treat people like people, you know, and exercise your right to protest, but do it safely. So today, I thank you guys for having me. And that's our episode. Um, please, 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 please remember to follow the links on any of the applications you find this podcast. Um, there is a link for the Twitter. There's a link for the Facebook page. I do engage a lot on the Facebook page. A lot, a lot. I do. If you want to double check anything I said, I will be putting, once again, the, the links to the Daily Wire and the BBC articles in the links. And remember, please, 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 do not forget to share the podcast and support the podcast. I know there's a link for a donation. If you feel as though I've earned it and you would like to subscribe and you would like to have exclusive content, I do have a website in the making. That will be for people who are subscribed. There will be uh, special features on the website. Feel free to donate because those donations go to making the podcast better with equipment, guests, and of course paying for the individual needs to make my website. <laughs> so once again, I thank you guys for tuning in to Views from the Arch. Remember, wear your mask, stay safe, stay healthy, and just exercise your rights appropriately.